Welcome to the Silicon Valley Beat, a police podcast about law enforcement life in the heart of Silicon Valley. We've already said where we're from. Sharing stories, interviewing guests, answering questions, and pulling the curtain back one show at a time. Okay, okay, let's get on with it. Down to 911, what is the address of the emergency? Welcome to the Silicon Valley Beat. My name is Katie Nelson, and I am the public information officer for the Mountain View Police Department. And I am very glad to be joined by my good friend and my colleague, Lieutenant Saul Jager. Yay! Hi, Katie. Hi, Saul. Hey. Um, we're the host of this podcast, for those of you who are just joining us. And um, we definitely have one for the books today, if I do say so myself. We do. Um, it's National Police Week, and in honor of that, we are bringing together something pretty awesome. We've got voices from the past and the present um, on this podcast to talk a little bit about the policing and the future of policing. Um, and actually, over the last three years, thanks in large part to Saul's creative mind, um, we've been able to have the opportunity to sit down with just some of the retirees that have served Mountain View and... Uh, get their perspective on how the profession was, is, and what it could be. Yeah, it's been very cool. So, you know, the, the word humbling comes up all the time, but it does, right? It's, it's humbling to hear from them. And I think, you know, quite honestly, I think I speak for both of us when I say that it's not only a privilege to speak with them, but it's been an honor to some work with that I've worked with in the past and some just to know that they've walked the same streets and um, done the same job that I have for so many years. So yeah, for sure. Very, very cool. So, but before we get any further. Quick hit trivia. Let's do the trivia. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so I think many will want to know what is Police Week? What are we talking about, right, that, that <laughs> don't know? And why are we posting about it and all that kind of stuff? So we should jump in the uh, the time machine and go back to 1962. find a sound effect for the time machine. <laughs> okay. Done. How's that? All right. So uh, President John F. Kennedy at the time signed a proclamation, and I'm going to read this part so I don't screw it up, signed a proclamation declaring May 15th as Peace Officers Memorial Day, and then the week in which that day falls to be National Police Week, which is what we're in right now. That's right. Um, but it's not just about highlighting those who serve in your communities. Um, it's also very much on a more somber note meant to uh, remember those who have died or have been disabled um, in the line of duty. And, you know, that that does happen. Um, And so really from all of us here, I think, at the Mountain View Police Department to the men and women who uh, serve or have served your communities, just our sincerest gratitude and thanks. Yeah, thank you. Um, So as we take a look a little bit more specifically at our history here in Mountain View. Um, I, I do think it's been pretty incredible how much has changed in just a sort, short, short <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> Typical me. Yeah. Um, and then also just how much hasn't at the same time was, I think, certain aspects of um, right. of policing. Uh, as you know, we were founded in 1902, so we're, we're pretty young in the overall scheme of things as a department. Um, but kind of just looking back on how policing was even 20, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. there were far fewer requirements. It is, I can't wait for you to talk about this, um, just how much training and education goes into being a police officer now, but not that long ago, there that wasn't the case at all. Um, and Bill Crawford, for example, one of our- Brother, brother Bill. Yeah, one of our most beloved yeah. members of the department, um, and really our first ever school resource officer. He, uh, he remembers it quite well. And- uh, just so we have out there, you know, Bill did pass away this last September, September 16th of uh, 2018. Yeah. 
We on the air? We are on the air. Holy <laughs> mackerel. Started in 1969. Uh, actually, 68 is a reserve. And then, uh, let's see, I retired uh, 2003, I think it is. So a total of 36 years. Well, we didn't have an academy. And uh, Dennis Scribner and I worked the street for two years. And then they decided they were going to have this academy, and they sent us to the academy. They said, well, how come you you two guys from Mountain View, how come you know so much? You know, they were studying the books and all that. We've been working the street for two years, that's why. Well, that's a far cry from today's standards. For sure. <laughs> um, there's so much that goes into being a police officer today, just even becoming a police officer, right? So if we talk about the the prior to being hired process, that's a lot of P's. But you know that I in remember it well. <laughs> that, that in itself, for a police officer, can be can be months and months, and you know, depending on your background, could be could be a year. It kind of depends, but yeah, you have to sure. go through all the process. You got to interview. You have to fill out all the paperwork. Go through a background, a polygraph. The uh, most nerve wracking experience yeah, of my life. <laughs> psychological tests, um, medical tests. You know, for that, and yeah. it's a big process, and that's that's a huge length of time. And then uh, once you're hired, and this isn't even to say the interviews are involved in that, but once you are hired, then you go to the police academy. The police academy now, today, in 2019, is uh, just about seven months. Um, when I went, it was about six months. So even in that short amount of time, it's it's gained another month. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of things uh, that we had never done before. Um, CIT, a lot of mental health stuff is covered now in the academy right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but the academy itself is, is a long time. And then if you think about it even beyond that, once you graduate the academy, so after that seven months has gone by, you come into – now most departments do the same kind of thing. They have an in-house uh, – What does in-house mean? Is that – you want to talk sure, about sure. that a little so bit? Sure, So once you're done with the academy, you come back to your, your police department and you do all the human resources, hiring stuff. Um, they meet about benefits and these kind of things. Um, but you also requalify on all of the weapon systems that we have. Uh, you requalify on driving. You requalify on defensive tactics. Um, not that you're unlearning what you learned in the academy, but you're learning. It's almost way, like you're perfecting the what, way we do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because the academy we go to is a consortium. It's a bunch of other places that are all together. So, you know, we speak our own little language and we have our own little ways of doing things that are a little bit different. So, and then you learn about policy. Like that's a yeah. huge chunk of in-house. Yep. You go over our policy, our procedures. Um, you learn. You know, you get your keys. You get the tours of the building, all of those kind of things. That all happens in the the in-house academy. We also go over report writing, our Mm -hmm. expectations, um, and you do some ride-alongs and things like that. And so it's a really important time to sort of transition into now you're kind of on the job training part, right, Mm -hmm. from the academy. And it can vary. If we have a lateral officer, so somebody who's been a police officer before, that can be expedited. It could be a week or two. For brand-new employees that are just through the academy and they come out, it's about four weeks. So, this so that's is, enough. So that's eight months right there yeah. before you even go out on the street and have your first call. Yep. But it's not you're going out alone. Yeah. No, that's just the beginning. Yeah. Right. So then starts your FTO, field training officer program, right? So you're partnered with a more senior officer who's been trained how to be a trainer, um, and training the, the trainer for the trainer. Trainer. The, <laughs> yeah. It's confusing. But then you you know you start your phase training and you go through training and it it eventually. Over, over um, about four more months, sometimes longer, it could be six months, you begin to do go from I'm observing and watching what the officer's doing to uh, I'm doing everything and then that officer is observing you. 
and, you know, and you're graded every single day. It's a lot of pressure. Um, and it's real world. It's on the, on the job training. But that's what our community has come to expect, right? Is that we are not going to just let anybody become a police officer to serve Mountain View. You have to be the best. And that's a, that's a, that's a, a tall order. Yeah, and the profession in general. I mean, it, things have changed, right? You, you heard some of the interviews before, and we're going to get into some more with uh, some of the, the dialogue we've had with some of our retirees. It's changed. I mean, mm-hmm. it used to be industry standard that you just – there is no academy. You just start. You do some yeah, training like here. Yeah, like what Brother Bill said. Yeah, and then you, uh, <laughs> and then you, you go to the academy later. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, an, it's an interesting process. Um, but I think that kind of covers everything. Uh, oh, and then there's also probationary period too. So, you <laughs> so know, but wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> to, if you call today, you get no. So uh, generally, a brand new person, a brand new officer who's hired, is going to be on probation for 18 months. So once they're done and they finish FTO and they pass everything, uh, they're a solo beat officer. They're still on probation for a certain amount of time, whatever's left mm-hmm. uh, in that time, and they're still being evaluated now by their sergeant. Um, until they pass probation, which is usually 18 months from the date of hire. So that's it's a process. It is. It's uh, it's no joke and it's not easy. And so those who make it through, good on you guys. Yeah. Um, but I think something that we will not only hear in this podcast with those who have retired, but those who at the end we're also speaking with who are currently officers with us is how people fell in love with the profession and yeah. um, what it has meant to them and. Some fell in love with police work at a young age. Some <laughs> knew that from the very beginning um, that they wanted to serve. And one of those people is our one of our former captains, uh, Jerry Fairfield. When I was just, I think, six or seven years old, my mother had just scrubbed the kitchen floor and there were heel prints in mud. And I proved to her that it was my older brother and I wanted to be an investigator. <laughs> Um, and what I love so much also is that some never considered it until they already had an established career somewhere else. Right. I didn't have a gun because I was wearing a black robe. I was a brother of Holy Cross teaching at St. Francis. Never, ever thought I would get into law enforcement. They wanted me to become a reserve. So I was riding as a reserve for about a year. I figured, well, what the heck, I'll try getting a job. and I. Talked to PD and they said, yeah, come on down. We'll have a 15 minute, 20 minute interview, you know. And um, and they, they said, I'll go sign the papers and away we went. When officers reflect on their career, it's incredible to see them actively thinking about the impact that it's actually made on their lives. And Sergeant Art Roberts, who retired just last year, um, called himself humbled by his ability to serve his community. I was and still am very humbled by the fact that I actually get to do this job. Um, And I I definitely felt that way. What does it look like now? Um, Grateful, thankful. Um, I'll be the first one to sit there and say, this place has given me everything. I can't believe that next Thursday I'm retired. Um, And it's just, I am unbelievably grateful and thankful for this opportunity because I have loved this job. Art also uh, brought up a very interesting point about how the job can impact your life, both uh, in positive ways and in ones that are a little bit more tough. This is a great job. It is a fun job. But it's too easy to get so focused in this job that you forget about your wife, you forget about your kids, you forget about the time that this job takes, the hours, the, the holidays. You forget about your friends, you forget about interests, and you become a little bit isolated. 
But no matter how hard the days can be, and believe me, I've seen some extremely difficult and tough days in my time. Um, I think Bill actually summed it up nicely when um, I asked him what was so great about being part of a family, uh, because that's very much something that has consistently been inherent in police work and in the conversations that we have is that you you have this extended family. Yeah, for sure. I would say the camaraderie. We had a really, really tight crew. We had 70 some odd guys. Everybody knew everybody. We helped each other put roofs on. Somebody needed help. Somebody was always there. This career, I think, um, it very much encompasses how I view uh, legacy, mm -hmm. the good of the past, having or how that defines the present, and then kind of where we're going now with the impact that we make on future generations. Mm -hmm. um, we've been able to include in this podcast just a few recordings from nearly a dozen people that we've had the opportunity and the chance to speak with, which has everyone has been awesome. Yeah, um, and how their impacts have been long lasting on the community. I think. Everybody remembers Bill Crawford. Yeah. Um, Jerry Fairfield was beloved by his um, by his officers, and you know Art Roberts still comes to the department uh, regularly. I love it when he brings his pug. It's <laughs> and he still has you know a very positive force here in the community. So I think that's something that we often like to recall is that these men and women they didn't just serve before; they still come back. They're yeah. still here, and they still make that impact. On still us. part of the family, Absolutely. and we, we would have loved to include everybody, um, but there's just we just had so much. So there's going to be definitely more looks back into um, our history and things with the other interviews. You and put the things S in have. the right place. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I write good and speak I'm good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and so, what does the future hold for police work, and why join now, and what is it going to look like today? We're very lucky to have Officer Melanie Yorfi and Officer Matt Rogers with us. Uh, to tell us a little bit about why they joined and what they see the future of policing to be like and handle the questions we throw at them and not be nervous that we're both staring at you. <laughs> They're totally ready. Yeah. They do this every so day. So welcome, you guys. Yes, hello, hello. Thanks Thank you us. for having us. Yeah, that was your opportunity to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start with, uh, with you, Melanie. Why did you become a police officer? Uh, so that's a tough question. Um, there's a lot of reasons why I ultimately became a police officer, but I think I have to credit my dad he planted the seed at a really young age, and it, and it wasn't overwhelming. He didn't, you know, demand I become a police officer. But one day, I think I was I don't know, 11, I was like, I wonder what I want to do, Dad. I remember saying, I think I'd be a good massage therapist. That seems fun. Hold on. At, at 11, you were talking about what you want to do for your career? Oh, yeah. And even more so, I like that she brought up that she was like, what about a massage therapist? That's awesome. <laughs> no, for That's sure. so out of the box. I love it. Um, so he said... He would always support me. So when I said that, he's like, oh, yeah, you'd be a great massage therapist, but you should be a cop. And just left it at that. He didn't push the issue too hard. So he planted the seed, and I didn't really get much feedback growing up from any other source, whether it be school, whether it be family. Um, and he kind of did that throughout my whole childhood. And then I tried different types of jobs, sales, customer service, door-to-door -door sales. That was rough. Um <laughs> So one day Sorry, I thought... Sorry, I didn't mean oh, to slam the door on you. Yeah, no, really, though. <laughs> keep a smile and keep walking. Um, but I thought what I needed to do needed purpose. And I needed to go to work every day wanting to be there. And I didn't find that in any other job that I had. Um, and 
I really broke it down because I'm a pretty intellectual person, I guess you could say. Um, I needed, I did a pros and cons list because that's just who I am. Yeah, let's people unite. <laughs> <laughs> it's super helpful. Uh, I, I ended up having more pros than cons to becoming a police officer. And I looked at my, my list of why not to do it. And there were ridiculous reasons. Like, I'm a girl. And I'm small. I'm not strong. Um, people aren't going to take me seriously. People aren't going to support me. Those were all things that didn't matter, ultimately. And my pro list was helping kids, helping old people, helping the community in general, being a part of something that, that matters and every day being challenged intellectually, physically, um, and police work kind of checked all my my things on my list that I needed, right? I didn't want to go into work every day and know what was going to happen. I didn't want to expect things every day um, because that becomes boring. And Something bigger than yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not about being bored. And I get bored easily. Me too. Man. <laughs> yeah, I just over here just like. <laughs> so... I I thought I'd try it. I thought I'd try police work, and I applied, and I got rejected. I was going to say, you have an interesting time. story here. Oh, If you man. don't mind, can do you, and we'll get to you, Matt. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You also have an awesome it's story, right. too. So. <laughs> <laughs> what, tell, tell us about that. How, what was um, your journey like here? You know, at the beginning, it was, it was so hard to make the decision and actually – Put it out in words, like telling telling people, oh, yeah, I'm applying to be a police officer. That might have been the hardest part because you can do everything behind the scenes. You can apply. You can work out. You can get yourself ready for the test. You can take the tests. Um, but letting people know that that's what you're trying to do, that's that was the hardest part for me because once you say it, it's real, right? Yeah, you've committed. So um, basically, yeah, I, I committed and um, I applied and I thought I did okay and I was told – you know, maybe not this time. And that was the Mountain View Police Department. And I was, and I remember thinking. Was that you, Saul? No. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe. remember thinking. I don't thinking, know. Did I have anything to, was no, I part I don't of your, think, I, don't, I don't remember. No, no, no. Okay. Um, we're cool. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, I remember thinking, like, but but you guys, like, I want to be here. Like, I, Mountain View is what I want. So, like, how do you say no to me? Uh, but they gave me the option of being um, a police assistant. And I thought to myself, I don't really know what this is. I don't know what this entails, but if it means I'm part of the police department, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, let me try to see what it is that I'm going to do. Um, and I talked to people about it. I called my dad and I was like, before I'm completely discouraged about the fact that I didn't get the job, uh, let me tell you what they did offer me. And he was over the moon about it. He was stoked. He's like, I don't care what you are it says police in it you're almost there <laughs> hey, your dad is awesome yeah how come we haven't met so him great oh you know busy man mm. no just kidding um he's retired and happy um <laughs> for him yeah but he um he he talked me through it and he's like this isn't an obstacle this isn't doesn't mean it's over it's just this is the first step for you everyone has a different beginning so i i took the job and i was really really happy. The moment I put on the PA uniform, I was like, oh, looking good. This is it. <laughs> so I fully embraced that job. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Um, so after that, I think it was took me a year later, 
I talked to a Captain Nowalski actually, and she was like, you need to finish your bachelor's. Mm-hmm. So I said, all right, I'll do it. So I finished my bachelor's, and then in the meantime, they also put me up in records. So I went from being a police assistant on the street to a police assistant in records, and and I loved that. I learned about all the paperwork. I learned about all these different ways we do things here. I mean, that was probably the, the best position for me to go in after I applied again and gained that different sense of confidence about the police department, and I got it this time. I mean, that was unreal. I didn't think it was real. I, st- I still don't think it's real. When I it's, show up to work, I'm like, I'm not a cop. It's real. <laughs> it's real. Um, so that was, I mean, that was easily the best day ever. I remember skipping out to my car when I got the call and the email. And it, I have, um, I printed them all out. They're all in my fridge. I know that's nerdy, but that's me. And, and yeah, now I'm a cop. And I, every time I'm here, I'm happy. I smile. I love my job. Even when it's frustrating, even when I, I don't know what to do, I I'm, don't want to be anywhere else. So this was the best thing for me. Mic drop. Yeah, you're going to hear that theme regardless of when people retired, you know, or where they were in their career. That's what it's all about. So You know, it's funny. You mentioned the printout letter and the call and stuff. I still have my email and my printout letter of my acceptance here. And that that is like a moment, seriously. We're in two-piece, you and I. That's right. We are. We are (laughs) two-piece. You always remember when you get that call, like where you were and, you know, who was around you and who you shared it with. and Mm -hmm. So... I remember mine when I got promoted to sergeant. I, I remember was, when you got promoted to lieutenant because I tackled you in my office. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about that. I, well, <laughs> I know it's tough being taken down by a girl, but whatever. Story, story of my life. Anyway, Matt, yeah. your turn. Um, kind of similar to Melanie's story, actually. It was never – I never thought about anything else. It, well, I was a small kid, probably four or five, and – you're playing cops and robbers in your backyard. Yeah. I refused to be the robber. I was always the <laughs> cop. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, uh, probably was really frustrating my brothers and sisters. I think you were so with. polite about it, though. You're like, like I, well, I appreciate that. I Thank insist. You, I, but no. I, I vehemently was like, yeah. no, I'm not. I insist not I want to be the cop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my father's a police officer, and so is my uncle. And um, so they never once pushed me in that direction verbally. They never said, hey, you should do this. Um, but they always supported me when I wanted to do it. Hey, make sure you're sure you want to do it. It's, it's, a, it's a lot to take on, but um, nothing but support from the family. But ever since I was five or six years old, much as early as I can remember, that's what I wanted to do. Um, very lucky to know what I wanted to do from a young age, but you always like kind of second guess yourself. Are you sure this is what you want to do? And mm-hmm. you take classes, obviously growing up, and you have small jobs here and there. And part of growing up and taking those jobs that may not be your dream job, but just a part-time gig is to see what you like but more importantly what you don't like and what you can't do the rest of your life and um it was a good point it's very lucky to be surrounded by good people and good influences and people kind of steered me in the right direction but um and you came into this different though like you started your career in law enforcement (laughs) um i don't want to like spoiler alert so (laughs) you know but you came into it differently can you can you talk about that yeah so i started at the jail um i was at san Clair county main jail it's a maximum and high security facility so you're my average inmate was there for homicide on average. Um, they've got That's little, interesting average. yeah, they've got little to lose and it all comes down to how you talk to people. And at 24, 25, I think it was 25 when I was there. Um, it's, that's a tall order to ask out of somebody. I mean, you, you grow up quick. 
Yeah. And it's, you're there and the ratio people under, don't understand it's, they're walking around. They're not in their cells locked up all day. It's you and 64 is the ratio. They're out at a time, but there's about 80 in each room. So it's one on 64 and you're unarmed. It's all about how you talk to people and how you um, can read a room. Hmm. So it, uh, you grow up quick in there. But um, yeah, I had a lot of different jobs in the way of leading up to that, that kind of you take a little bit here and a little bit there to help out and you kind of assemble all those tools at once with law enforcement right yeah and it's you're, you're a problem solver here you're not just taking people to jail you're solving problems for people I, right. i've gone sales just like melanie did um wasn't for me i didn't like sitting in a cubicle all day some people can do that i can't do that um excel sheets for me i can only stare at them for so long <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah uh, wait wait are you a lieutenant? Except, or? except Melanie here. She loves them, just so you're aware. Oh, this girl can rock an Excel sheet. So oh, just anybody anybody needs to know that. Yeah, I'm just saying, sitting in a cubicle looking at Excel spreadsheets, I was like, that's my day. That's what I do. We had like three screens set up and all my calls. It was cold calling. I mean, probably you know, 50 to 80 calls a day. And Ooh. they don't want to talk to you. And most of the time, you don't really want to talk to them either. It was, just, it was a frustrating spot. But I learned what I don't want to do, right? You learn how to talk to people on the phone. but. Yep. I taught preschool when I was in college. Had a lot of fun with that. Huh. I did that for a year. Um, got paid to play around in color. It was great. Um, <laughs> that also sounds like my job. <laughs> right. Huh. Um, worked with big brothers, big sisters. I'm a big uh, believer in the mentorship programs and investing in our kids. And that's part of why I wanted to be a police officer, right, is you kind of invest early in your in your future. And, and the, I think it's easier to treat things at the start than the after effects. Yeah. Um, so um, big believer in the mentorship programs and uh, – I know it's a lot of what Melanie said. I want to piggyback off of her, but um, you want to make a difference. Like for me personally, in a cubicle situation where I was at in a sales environment, that machine was going to keep going if I was there or not that day. It wasn't that it wasn't stopping for anybody. They're making their money. If I show up there that day or not, it doesn't make a difference. But I like to law enforcement is so unique or a lot of first responder jobs in general, but you get to kind of be that difference in somebody else's day as cheesy and overused as that is, it's true. Yeah. Um, you there for you, it's just one more call, but for them, that's the worst part of their life that day. And you can, if you can make that just a little bit better and a little bit easier and be that calm in that storm, I think that's a, that's a gift to be able to be a part of that. And at the time it might be a little overwhelming, especially when you're newer and trying to figure it all out. It's maybe the first, second time you've seen it. Um, but over time it gets a little bit better. You get a little bit better. It gets a little bit easier and you can be that, stability for somebody else i think that's so unique to law enforcement and i don't have any more mics to drop yeah. but you guys are both doing <laughs> oh, I've really got one right yeah. here. you, you guys are killing just... no don't please don't drop that one <laughs> that, that was expensive but that's what that's what drew me to it it's just so unique and i'm not trying to put down any other profession but for me that's really what drew me to it yeah um, well it's a calling and you hear that right all mm-hmm. the time so um just uh, you know what we should have done at the beginning which we skipped was how long have you been a cop melanie uh sworn two years two years matt uh one year at the jail and just over two years ago. Here. Okay. So there was a reason why I wanted to bring you two on to the show, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're kind of talking about looking back in the, you know, into, into the, some of our history and things and also looking forward. So with that, now I think it's my turn, right? Is it? Your, it we're is going, your turn. This, yeah. this script thing is awesome. I love it. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> um, so back to Melanie. You're off the, off the hot seat for Although a minute. feel free, seriously, feel free to jump right. in if it's something speaks to you <laughs> because I'm feeling just – clumped right now with all of the emotion from them um for future generations what do you think your what what, what is your hope or goal for future generations to to understand about law enforcement so are are you i'm clarifying here 
Are you? Um, She's so good. <laughs> are you asking for future generations that are interested in going into law enforcement or the community and law enforcement? Uh, the, the, commu- the community. Okay. Yeah. I hearing that question, the first thing that came to mind was that just blanket statement. Like we're people too. We have feelings. We have families. We have a hard job of, I mean, people don't call the police on their best days. They don't call us, you know, for ice cream. They call us I'm when... I'm you out after this. Oh, I hope so, Froyo. <laughs> uh, they, they call us because something really bad has happened to them or a loved one. Um, or it's just, it's not a good day in general, whatever the reason is. And, and we show up and we meet a perfect stranger and we need to f- fix this whatever it is, and we have to be professional, and we can't let our emotions get in the way. We have to be objective. We have to be so many different things to, to a stranger, and that's, that's hard. So I just want people, the community, future generations, the current generation, to just understand that we wear the uniform, and yes, I'm a police officer, but the person who put on the uniform has her own problems, her own feelings, her own everything. So, I mean, that's that's basically it. Just understand that we're just like them. We're just here to, to help you. Yeah, so. I love it. That's, I love it. I need another mic. Mic <laughs> <laughs> three. Yeah. You guys are, yeah, yeah, how am I supposed to follow that? I mean, that's, that's I know, tough. we should just end, right? <laughs> right? I don't even think we need an uh, ending. Um, so, Matt, my question for you then is uh, if, if you're going to offer one piece of advice to somebody thinking about getting into law enforcement now, maybe they're in college or just finishing, they're in the military, they're, maybe they're not even thinking about it, right, mm-hmm. that, it's, that it's an option. What, what piece of advice would you offer? Uh, just like in sales, right, you put the product in someone's hand and let them use it. Go on ride-alongs. Mm-hmm. Get out there and meet people. Um, what you see on TV, on Cops and on Live PD, and um, Live PD I think is a little less edited, so it's a little more of a – realistic look at it but yeah it's more raw but it's still those are like the the highlights or the lowlights depending on how you look at it for the night like it's it's you're cherry picking information um the vast majority of our calls don't make good tv it's a lot of mediation it's a lot of Mm -hmm. talking to people and solving problems (laughs) it's it, it does it's not the run and gun and the chasing that you see on tv i mean it's that's at least in Mountain View, it's not as common. Um, it's a lot more of mediation and dealing with the mental health is a big part of our job now. Um, so learn if you're trying to look at law enforcement now, try to obviously get on ride-alongs. Ask a lot of officers, hey, if you could be in my position, what would you do? I, I encourage everybody to get mental health backgrounds, just in psychology or anything else. It's, mm-hmm. I'm a little biased. That's why I got my degree in. But um, I use that every day, and that's not an exaggeration. Hmm. Um, the on any given day, we're going on one, two, three mental health calls, each officer. And yeah. if you can have a platform to stand on in terms of recognition, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's um, obviously train on like everything else, staying in shape, keeping your, your mind fresh, um, having a good support system at home. But that mental health background, if you can learn anything today, that'd be the first thing I'd recommend. Great. All right. Well. I We've think, dropped all of our mics. I, I we have nothing left. <laughs> we have no more mics to drop. Um, so listen to uh, you know Silicon Valley Beat across all our social media channels. Yeah. Um, and of course, if uh, here's our disclaimer that we always like to do, right? Uh, if 
you're in an emergency, dial 911, and you'll talk to Mountain View PD immediately. If you're uh, not in an emergency and you just need to call, you can call our non-emergency number, which is... 650-903-6344. And if you're not sure and you're debating in your mind whether you should call 911 or call the non-emergency number, please just call 911. We'll figure it out after, and we'll, we'll get it all sorted out. Um, also, we are on iTunes, so please like us on iTunes. Yeah, and then and follow rate us, on, us. Yeah, on Spotify. Yeah. And- well, if you rate us, oh, we'll start yes. popping up, I learned. So we're still figuring out this podcast thing five years later. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, you can listen to us across that, and please uh, interact and see us on social media. And if you have questions about this podcast – uh, or we want to hear specifically or have questions for Melanie or for Matt or for Katie, not for me, um, you can hit us up on social media and uh, we'll do our best to get back to you as fast as possible. And, of course, we have ideas for other future topics. Yeah, just let us know and hashtag it Silicon Valley Beat. Okay, we can go now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.